Carboxylic acids have the generic formula with a COOH connected to some kind of alkyl group. And COOH consists of a carbonyl, a C double bond O, connected to an OH group. So it's like a carbonyl with an alcohol next to it, and then there'll be some type of alkyl thing to the other side. This is a special kind of a reactivity. The hydrogen on the end of the OH is actually slightly acidic. That's why it's an acid. Carboxylic acids are all weak acids. They're not very strong, all right? But they are really important. A lot of them are in uh, common things around us. An example that's rotating right there, there are three carbons and it's a carboxylic acid because it has a C double bond O and the OH on the end. If it was an alkane, it would be propane, but because it's a carboxylic acid, you take off the E and add oic acid, propanoic acid. The carbon number one is always the carboxylic acid. So the carbon with the oxygen and the OH on it, that would be number one, two, three, et cetera, et cetera. Um, formic acid is the simplest carboxylic acid where you have just a hydrogen next to the COOH. Formic acid is another type of carboxylic acid. Acetic acid is a compound we've run into here and there, and it's related to the acetate polyatomic ion. And maybe now you can see why it's listed as so many ways. Acetic acid is a common name for ethanoic acid. Ethanoic acid means two carbons, and those are the two carbons right there. And those two carbons, uh, there's a C double bond O, this is the double bond O, and the OA. So instead of calling it ethanoic acid, most people will call it acetic acid, which is fine, whatever. But anyway, because it's acidic, the hydrogen on the end right there will a lot of times pop off. And if you look at the rest of that molecule, you've got a CH3 followed by a CO2. So acetate and acetic acid are related to each other. Acetate is CH3CO2 negative one and acetic acid has the hydrogen on the end of it so this is the joy and this is why the acetate ion is so weird to talk about like do you write it ch3co2 minus do you call it c2h3o2 negative one there's a whole bunch of different ways to write acetate and now you can understand some of the confusion around it now benzoic acid on the right is a benzene ring c6h6 but one of the hydrogens was pulled off and you're putting that c double bond OOH off of it. And again, like acetic acid, that hydrogen is acidic. It pops off. It makes what's called the benzoate ion. We'll talk about that more in Chem 223. But again, the important part here is that all these carboxylic acids, that hydrogen next to the O is slightly acidic. When the hydrogen is H plus plops off, you have an O negative one and the double bond O, it'll resonate back and forth. So the O negative one can kind of go back and forth between the oxygens, it provides a little bit of stability. And the same thing with acetic acid. 
These acids are found in lots of natural substances. A lot of the things we eat actually have slightly acidic parts. Our bodies are used to um, are used to things that are a little bit acidic. Um, vinegar is actually basically just acetic acid. All right, they'll put other kinds of spices and stuff in it to give it different flavors, but basically the ingredient of vinegar is just acetic acid. It's a pretty dilute acetic acid. You can buy much more concentrated ones in a chemistry lab, but it's still kind of cool. Yeah, put some acetic acid on your salad, i.e. some vinegar. Okay, getting too excited here. Formic acid is again the simplest of ones. If you've ever been stung by an ant, that's what they use to make the sting part. So uh, it's pretty powerful stuff. Aspirin is another type of a weak acid. Um, the part right up there has a little bit of an OH on it. Acetyl salicylic acid is the technical name for it, which you'll learn more about in organic chemistry. Um, notice that down here we've got a C double bond OO, but it's not an acid. That's another kind of a compound uh, with a benzene ring in the middle so you can see how this stuff can get pretty crazy but again we're just putting our you know big toe in the water here getting a feel for what it's like and then in the actual organic chemistry class you'll be able to rock this stuff Let's name this compound, all right? And again, longest chain, smallest number, identify the family, all that kind of stuff, all right? So by this time, you can probably see, we gotta count the number of carbons. There are one, two, three, four, five carbons, all right? So it's gonna be pent something. So answer A is flat out. This thing has a carbonyl, a C double bond O, so it might be tempting to think it's a ketone or something, but it's not. This carbonyl has an OH next to it. So it's not an alcohol, doesn't have an OL ending. It's not a ketone, O-N-E. It's not an aldehyde, A-L. If you have a carbonyl, a C double bond O next to an OH, this is a carboxylic acid. And because there are five carbons next to it, this is going to be called pentanoic acid. Five carbons, carboxylic acid, you're good to go. Butanoic acid would have have only four carbons, not five total. The, the carbon with the carbonyl, the carboxylic acid group does count by the way, pretty chill. The last family of compounds that I want you to know for Chem 222 is what they call an amine. And while a carboxylic acid is a weak acid, an amine is the equivalent but weak base. And acids and bases, sometimes uh, we use them for energy sources, so amines are also really important. Amines have a nitrogen. This is the first time we've seen nitrogen in these compounds. The nitrogens here are sp3 tetrahedral. But the nitrogens do have a lone pair on them, and I want you to remember that. So because of the lone pair on the nitrogen, there are three spots left. You can have all three spots as alkyl groups, R. You could also have all three as hydrogens. If you have all three as hydrogens, then in that generic formula, X is three, and R, three minus three, would be zero. You wouldn't have any alkyl groups. On the other hand, you can have all the groups groups alkyl, so you'd have zero for X, you'd have three alkyl groups off of nitrogen, etc., etc. Naming these for us is not usually too bad. If you have an ethyl group connected to a nitrogen and two other hydrogens, this becomes ethylamine. So the CH3CH2 is the ethyl group, it's connected to the nitrogen, which is an amine, no problem. 
Now, this is a single ethyl. You could also have a diethylamine. So if you took off one of the hydrogens in H2 there, you could have two ethyl groups, a nitrogen and one hydrogen for diethylamine. But you could take all, all the hydrogens off, put three ethyl groups next to the nitrogen, you'd have triethylamine. So you can hopefully see how this stuff kind of works out. So let's name this compound, all right? And you can see there that there are two methyl groups, two CH3s. They're connected to a nitrogen with one hydrogen. So things connected to a nitrogen are amines. The methyl group, there's two of them, so it's dimethyl, all right? It's going to be dimethyl something. If you look through this list here, that some of them are kind of funny sounding, but dimethyl nitro, that doesn't make any sense. Dinitrate sounds cool but that doesn't make any sense either this one is definitely going to be dimethylamine two methyl groups off the nitrogen and of course you could have trimethylamine which would be three methyls and no hydrogens if you have all hydrogens that's ammonia NH3 which is the simplest one um, the other answer is methylated nitrine doesn't make any sense and Drano is essentially sodium hydroxide that doesn't count either so here's the methylamine, dimethylamine, and trimethylamine thing uh, list of families. And again, the blue atom there is the nitrogen. And on top, you're going to have a lone pair. So like carbon, nitrogen wants to have four groups around it. So you're going to have three positions for connections to atoms. And as you take off the hydrogens and add methyl groups, you can see in the last one, they're all gone, but you still have that lone pair on it. Amines generally have really bad smells, and boy, oh boy, like um, ammonia has kind of a powerful smell, like in smelling salts, but the other amines, in my opinion, are just horrible sounding, and they're really funky, but anyway, um, cadaverine smells like a cadaver. That's actually a diamine. There's two amine groups on it, and pyridine, man, that stuff is really funky. Um, this is kind of strange, but um, Viagra has a certain effect on men. <laughs> pyridine would be the anti-Viagra. It does the opposite thing. So pyridine is one I always tried to stay away from because, well, I'm a human being and I'm male and I don't want to have the anti-Viagra effect happen on me, shall we say. So be careful, uh, people, if you're around pyridine. I would, I would, anyway, it's a long story. You've been warned. All right, just say no, whatever visually reinforce the fact that members of a homologous series, such as we see here, differ from each other by a specific structural unit, we use molecular models. Here, for instance, is the tetrahedron of carbon, a model of methane. In order to turn that model into ethane, we add another CH3 group to the end by substituting for a hydrogen. If we wanted to go from a propane to an ethane, we would remove that specific member of the homologous series, a CH2 group. Reconnecting the carbon atoms, then we're back to our ethane. Models can be used that are commercially available, but if they're not available, gumdrops work just as well. 
If you are planning on taking the year-long organic chemistry course after the Chem 221 through Chem 223 series, I really highly recommend to the strongest degree possible that you buy a model kit. You're going to see that there's so many changes that happen with the geometry. And we haven't talked about all the types of isomers that are possible in organic chemistry, but having a model kit is really important. A good model kit will do not just single bonds, but also double bonds so you can see cis and trans. They'll do triple bonds and all kinds of cool things. So again, if you're going to take organic chemistry, the year-long class, you really, really need a model kit. Um, you can use gumdrops. Absolutely. All right. Little gumdrops and uh, little uh, toothpicks and stuff. However, uh, my problem was as I was studying, trying to use gumdrops and I'd start eating all the gumdrops. <laughs> Gummy bears work as well. But again, those went down as easily as gumdrops. So I I didn't eat my model kit. That's what helped me. But anyway, that's my personal problem and not yours. But anyway, if you take OCHEM, you should absolutely get a model kit. They're pretty cool.